This is the Marathon Training Academy podcast, episode 401. This podcast is brought to you by Oladance Open Earbuds. They have 360 degree superior sound, but they never enter the ear, so there's no ear fatigue. Plus, you never lose track of what's happening around you. Visit oladance.com forward slash MTA and use the promo code MTA20 to save 20%. That's oladance, O-L-A-D-A-N-C-E dot com forward slash MTA and use the code MTA20. Thanks to our longtime sponsor, You Can. Their ingredient, Live Steady, provides a steady release of energy during training and on race day without spiking your blood sugar levels. So you can fuel for your next personal best with You Can. Get 20% off your order over at youcan.co forward slash MTA. Use the code MTA for 20% off. Also, thanks to Inside Tracker, created by leading scientists, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store at insidetracker.com forward slash MTA. Welcome to the Marathon Training Academy podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Angie. In this episode, we look back on 2022 and round up the biggest news from the running world, including records, notable achievements, tragedies, inspiring moments, and downright bizarre stories. Plus, we look back at our own year, talk about races that we ran, and what went on here at Marathon Training Academy. And don't forget, as a member, you get access to our new strength training program, all of our training plans, back podcast episodes, and more. Find out how to join when you visit MarathonTrainingAcademy.com. All right, so we are squeaking in here doing our roundup episode, which we like to do at the end of a year. And we have a lot to get into because it looks like a lot happened. (laughs) It always does. And we also have folks in the community kind of finishing up fitness challenges uh, and so we've seen some pretty cool stuff, you know, posted on Facebook and various places. So we want to give some shout outs here. That's right. This comes from Trisha. She's a member of the Social Distancing Run Group. She says, yay, peeps, I finished the 2000 mile challenge today before the year's end. And then I went skiing with some of my favorite people, my grandbabies. Thanks, Angie and Trevor, for putting on these great challenges to keep us moving and the best medals around. We'd like to say congratulations to Academy member Rudy, who comes from Belgium. He says, I just finished half marathon number 156 in 2022 and my last run for this year. This was the last one for my challenge because I wanted to run an average of three half marathons every week. I finished and my mission is accomplished. It was certainly not always easy, especially because of the marathons and ultras in between, but I did it anyway and I'm very proud of it. I will also try to motivate people next year and show that as an over 60 person, 63 years old in my case, you are certainly not written off yet. Stay healthy, have fun running in 2023, and try to stay injury-free. Here are some stats. I ran this year 3,919 kilometers, 157 half marathons. He says he set a PR at half marathon number 121 with a time of 147, did four marathons, and five ultras. (laughs) Super impressive, Rudy. Yeah, what a neat guy. I like what he says, though, about just wanting to motivate people and show show the world really what is possible, even if you're over 60. That's right. And this final one comes from Donna, who is another master's runner. She says, for my first ever running streak, I made it to day 942. Because I wasn't planning to stop there, the first thing I thought was I failed. But then I took a look at what I had accomplished this year in spite of having COVID. I've run almost 1,500 miles to date. I made the decision to sign up and train for my first full marathon, which was a New York City marathon. And I've run some of the furthest distances I ever thought possible. Really, I'm blessed to have the ability to run and push the limits of my abilities. The running streak was just one peg in the process. So what did I do? I got right back in focus for my 12-mile step-down week on the treadmill. Let's get ready to make 2023 our best year yet. Well, congrats, Donna, on the running streak. I like what she said about how she feels blessed to have the ability to run and, and push the limits of her abilities. We can all push the limits of our abilities, and that's the beautiful thing about long-distance running. So what happened in the running world in 2022? We are about to tell you. Some of these stories will be familiar and some you haven't heard yet. This should be pretty entertaining. Let's jump in. Run on my way, 
So one major bright spot in 2022 was the fact that races happened in person again after many cancellations in the past two years. I think especially getting into this year, things feeling like they're more back to normal. Of course, there have certainly been some ups and downs in the running world, and we're really excited to bring you this snapshot. Obviously, we can't include every single running story, or we'd be here for hours probably, so I've tried to limit it to you know, longer distance events. And I also had some help from Academy members in our private Facebook group and helping me gather stories that were some of the highlights this year. So thank you for everyone who helped out with this episode. First, we're going to talk about elite records. So what happened in the elite world? Well, I think one of the biggest um, records that fell this year was that Elliot Kipchoge dropped his own world record at the Berlin Marathon by running two hours, one minute and nine seconds, which was 30 seconds faster than his previous record. That's been one of the constants in the last few years is Elliot Kipchoge always shows up. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to show up to the Boston Marathon next year, 2023. Yes, that's super exciting. He wants to win all of the world marathon majors, and I have no doubt that he will probably do that. (laughs) (laughs) It was a big year for some American women as well. In January, Sarah Hall, age 38, set the new American half marathon record of 107.15 in Houston. She took 10 seconds off Molly Huddle's previous time. But she didn't hold the record for long because in May, Emily Sisson, age 30, dropped four seconds off with a time of 107.11. The American women's marathon record also fell. Kira D'Amato, age 37, set a new record in Houston with a time of 2.19.12. She took 24 seconds off the time previously held by Dina Castor since 2006. And this is another case of the record falling in short order by phenomenon Emily Sisson, who took 43 seconds off with a time of 2.18.29 at the Chicago Marathon. So Emily Sisson set the half and the full American records this year. That's right. So very impressive. And I think it's really cool because I got to talk to her in April at the Boston Marathon, and she was just coming off having COVID and kind of feeling really discouraged about how her training had been going. Yeah. But she was, you know, doing what she needed to take it easy and care for her body. And, you know, then she just came back with these blazing performances. So that was really, really exciting to see. In other records that fell, Eilish McColgan broke Paula Radcliffe's longstanding British record with a time of 1.06.26 in the half marathon at a half marathon in Dubai. She also beat the Scottish 10,000 meter record set by her mom with a time of 30 minutes and 19 seconds. So it's pretty cool. She is a very accomplished elite runner and her mom was an accomplished elite runner. So she's been breaking some of the records that have been held by her mom all these years. Sinead Diver, age 45, broke the Australian women's marathon record by more than one minute at the Valencia Marathon, where she finished in 12th place. Her 2.21.34 finishing time broke the longstanding 16-year-old record. Um, It's really interesting to note she took up running at age 33 and has two young kids and works full-time as a software engineer. The Australian men's marathon record also fell at a marathon in Japan when Brett Robinson ran 2.07.31. He broke the record, which has stood since 1986. So there are some elite records for you. There were also many Guinness World Records set. Uh, Some of these can get pretty interesting. By the way, Angie, did you know that Guinness World Records was started by the Guinness Beer Company to give people something to talk about in the pub? Really? I did not know that. Yeah. Is that a fake fact? No, it's a real fact. It's a true fact. <laughs> Angela Tortoris, age 54, from Dallas, Texas, set the world record for being the youngest woman to run 1,000 marathons. She ran her first marathon back in 1997 as a way to raise money for MS after her husband was diagnosed. Jordan Maddox set a Guinness World Record for the fastest time dressed as a vegetable. He was dressed as a carrot by running a 244 marathon. You know, he could have ran as a tomato, then he would have got two records fastest person dressed as a fruit but since tomatoes are kind of sort of like vegetables he could have got the vegetable record as well what do you think angie they probably like resist the wind more than a carrot you know oh yeah it's not as aerodynamic (laughs) that's why like a carrot and a banana are like faster costumes than it's true large round ones just guessing (laughs) and you're thinking in practical terms i am well here's something really impractical david elliott of edmonton canada set a unique record for the most t-shirts worn during a half marathon 
He wore 90 shirts on his body, <laughs> completing the hypothermic half in two hours and 37 minutes. He said, early in the race, I was having circulation issues in my left arm. I was very uncomfortable. And I saw a picture of him. He basically can't like drop his arms. They're just like sticking out to the side because he's immobilized <laughs> by so many t-shirts. <laughs> Chad Kempel, a father of seven, ran a record-breaking half marathon while pushing his quintuplets in a stroller. That's four four-year-olds, an additional 240 pounds. He ran the Oakland half marathon in two hours and 19 minutes, and he set a Guinness World Record for his achievement. Jackie Hunt Broersma is an Arizona-based amputee runner who ran 104 marathons in 104 days to raise money for amputee blade runners. She encourages people to get out of their comfort zone and try something new or a longer distance. She also ran the Boston Marathon in April, and that was her 92nd consecutive marathon. I saw her out on the course. She was looking really good for it being day 92 of marathons. <laughs> Um, during the 104 marathons, she ran a total of 2,728 miles, went through 10 pairs of shoes, 400 gels, and one running blade. There were actually quite a few women who attempted the most consecutive marathons in a row. Two Scottish runners finished a record-breaking 106 marathons in 106 days together. Faye Cunningham and Emma Petrie earned a Guinness World Record for this accomplishment. Um, Kate Jaden ran 106 marathons in 106 days, setting a record. Her goal was to raise money for Syrian refugees, but had to complete her goal with a broken knee, which has meant extensive rehab after she finished her 106 marathons. And currently, there is someone who is working on the most marathons in a row. Urchana Murray Bartlett, 32, of Australia, has reached over 107 marathons in a row. And she says she's not stopping until she finishes marathon 150. She's raising money for the Wilderness Society to protect endangered animals. Eric Domingo Roldan of Spain ran a 2.52 marathon and set the world record at the Valencia Marathon for pushing his mother in a manual wheelchair. He set the world record last year as well with a time of 2.53 at the Barcelona Marathon, pushing his mom who has MS. He says, there are no words to describe our emotions today. It was something magical. My mother is my motivation. She inspires me to be a better person. We will continue to run together and celebrate life. And finally, in consecutive runs, a single mother of three has run 233 half marathons in a row and shows no sign of stopping. Welsh runner Helen Rivar, age 42, has beaten her own Guinness World Record of 111 consecutive half marathons. She gets up at 4 a.m. each day to fit them in before she starts work as a cleaner. She started running a couple years back after separating from a difficult marriage and hasn't stopped yet. If I was going to run that many half marathons or marathons in a row, Angie, listen to this transition to an ad. I would definitely fuel with you can. <laughs> of course. Who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> now, we appreciate them as a sponsor. And Angie, you mentioned you got to talk to Emily Sisson. You were part of a live panel that was sponsored and hosted by UCAN at the Boston Marathon. Yes, I was able to co-host the panel and got to interview Meb Kofleski, Emily Sisson, Emma Bates, and Tommy Runs. So it was a lot of fun. And they each used UCAN for their own personal fueling. So it works great for elites and average runners like us alike. It's easy to digest because we know that running can be hard on the stomach. So you need something that'll settle well, not cause GI distress. That's why we were attracted to UCAN back in the day. We're so glad to have turned a lot of you onto it as well because we know it's a tricky piece of the puzzle to figure out during marathon training. And you do want to figure that stuff out during training and not just try whatever's on the course on race day. Yes, I think all of us have probably made that mistake at least once and regretted it. <laughs> Just go to youcan.co forward slash MTA. Use the code MTA for 20% off. Well, there were also tragedies this year. So this next section we have called Gone Too Soon. It was actually pretty sad to research this section because um, people will remember 23-year-old Ashleen Murphy, who was a teacher and traditional musician from Ireland. She was killed in a random attack while out running. Then there was Eliza Fletcher, age 34, who was a mother and teacher who was abducted on a run in Memphis, Tennessee in early September. After an extensive search, she was found dead and a suspect was arrested. 
And then there were several trail runners that went missing, actually, some of them never, ever being found, like the case of 22-year-old Daniel Lamthatch of Salt Lake City, Utah. This happened back in July. He's a volunteer for the grueling Hard Rock 100 race. He went for a run off Mollus Pass and apparently was not prepared for a night in the wilderness. He thought he would get back before night fell. The next day, hikers found his cell phone. Search and rescuers spent 10 days searching the area with planes and helicopter drop crews. Unfortunately, severe weather, lightning strikes, and a mudslide hindered the search, which officials suspended on July 27th after more than 250 personnel hours and 600 hours spent by local rescuers. So he still hasn't been found. No, he was never found. British trail runner Darren Kay went missing on the Portuguese island of Madeira on December 13th. He and his partner went for a one-hour run together from their holiday Airbnb, but when she stopped, he planned to carry on for another 30 minutes but did not return. The newspaper Portugal Resident reported on December 21st that authorities had ceased all searches for the 52-year-old runner. Mr. Kay is the fourth foreign tourist to go missing without a trace on the island while running alone within the last two years. Man, what's going on? Treacherous cliffs. I guess there's trails that run alongside the cliff, you know, Mm. this island, and people fall into a crevice or into the ocean. Man. Mavis Hutchinson, a South African ultra running legend called the Galloping Granny, passed away this year at the age of 97. She was one of the earliest women ultra runners of her era and the only woman to run Comrades in 1965. In 1978, she ran across the United States in 69 days and in 1980 ran the length of Britain in 16 days. Into her 80s, she competed in the International Masters Games. Nikki Lewis of California passed away at the age of 89 as a recovering alcoholic. In 1969, she quit drinking at age 36 and became what she called a runaholic. She became a two-time finisher of Western States. The mother of five boys also ran across the United States in 1983 in 75 days, accompanied by a friend on a motorcycle, becoming one of the earliest women to do a transcontinental run. She once said, For many people, overcoming the fear of the unknown is a big problem. I haven't had that fear. Many people look at life from their car windows. I encourage people to get out and enjoy the outdoors. In June, legendary coach and athlete Bill Squires died at the age of 89. He was very active in the Boston Athletic Association. He helped inspire the first running boom, and he mentored six Boston Marathon winners. He's the guy that said, the long run is what puts the tiger in the cat. That's right. 1951 Boston Marathon champion Shigeki Tanaka passed away in October at the age of 91. He made history by becoming the first Japanese athlete to win the Boston Marathon, doing so while wearing unique split-toe shoes. Wow. His time of 2.27 was set at the age of 19. All right, so here is some news from the ultra-running world in 2022. Yes, there are some really amazing things that always take place by ultra-runners. There were three world records for ultra-runner Alexander Sorokin. He increased the world 12-hour run record to 171.41 kilometers, and he ran a 100-mile record time of 10 hours, 51 minutes, and 39 seconds. He also broke his own 24-hour world record by completing 319 kilometers, or 198.2 miles. Another ultra-runner who absolutely crushed it this year is Camille Heron. She set a new 100-mile world record of 12 hours, 41 minutes, and 11 seconds. So that would be 737 per mile, or 444 per kilometer. Man. She was the overall winner of the USATF 100-mile national championship. She broke the 12-hour world record. Um, In addition to all that, she also reached 100,000 lifetime miles, which is four times around the Earth. In total, she set 18 American records and 11 world records. And to finish out the year strong, she set a new American 100-mile track record at the desert solstice with a time of 13.02. That's a 7.49 per mile pace for 100 miles. Camille said, it was a test of ultra grit. Altogether, I achieved 11 records. I feel the best in my life right now at age 40. And she recently turned 41 on Christmas. Whenever she is asked about her records, she probably has to just like pull up her website to to (laughs) remember them all. It's like, where do I start? (laughs) In March, the world 50K record was broken in South Africa by Stefan Makoka with a time of two hours, 40 minutes and 13 seconds. So that's 5.06 per mile or 3.12 per kilometer. 
but he didn't hold the world record long because in October, C.J. Albertson reclaimed it with a time of 2.38.44. Josh Perry, who is a 27-year-old British endurance hiker, set a new Pacific Crest Trail, fastest known time, self-supported speed record in August with a time of 55 days, 16 hours, and 54 minutes. And there are a lot of other fastest known times um, that happen this year. If people are interested in that, they can go to the fastest known time website, which keeps an exact record of everything, all the records that fell this year. I would say not as many as in 2020 and 2021. Mike Wardian, age 48, ran across the United States in 62 days, covering 3,234 miles to raise funds for World Vision Clean Water. So that was an average of over 52 miles per day. Germán Silva, age 54, ran the entire length of Mexico. That's 3,184 miles. He ran from Tijuana to Tulum, and this included trekking across deserts, mountains, and cartel territory. Apparently, he went through 18 pairs of shoes. For people not familiar with him, he's a two-time New York City Marathon champion back in 94 and 95, and he represented Mexico in the 92 and 96 Olympics. Earlier this year, we had Canadian ultra runner Dave Proctor on the podcast. He set the record for the fastest trans-Canadian run by finishing 4,448 miles, which is 7,159 kilometers in 67 days. So that's over 66 miles per day or almost 107 kilometers per day. Yeah, and he actually fell and got a concussion. And then he also dealt with injury and just had to keep pushing. He talks about going into his mind vault. Uh, It was a really interesting episode. You can still find it back in the feed if you haven't heard that episode yet. Courtney DeWalter, who we've also had on the podcast, won the Hard Rock 100 miler in 26 hours, 44 minutes and 38 seconds, setting a new course record. Veteran ultra runner Killian Jornet won UTMB for a record-setting fourth time with a course record of 19 hours, 49 minutes. This came just six weeks after he won Hard Rock 100 for the fifth time. Of course, UTMB is the ultra trail du Mont Blanc. We uh, were able to hike on part of that trail overnight earlier this summer, and I ran the Marathon du Mont Blanc, and we did a race recap. There's a lot of mountaineering stores and just outdoor stores in the Chamonix area. And I went into one and they had posters on the wall that he had signed and stuff. He's such a celebrity in the ultra running world, especially in Europe. Another ultra runner that I follow on Instagram um, is named Candice Burt. She's also a race director of 200 mile races. At the time of this recording, she's done 55, 50 Ks and she's running them all outside in the Colorado winter. Wow. And finally, ultra runner Sally McRae, who we've had on the podcast, completed her Choose Strong project this year in honor of her mom who died of cancer at age 43. Sally turned 43 this year and undertook several endurance challenges, which are documented in the film Choose Strong. So she completed the Badwater 135 in July, the Angeles Crest 100 miler on August 5th, the Leadville 100 on August 20th, the Wild Struble UTMB 108K on September 8th, and the Puerto Vallarta UTMB 100 miler on October 28th. And then she capped it off with a half marathon in Malibu with her husband in November. Always amazing to see what these people are (laughs) capable of. It just blows the mind. Another cool category we'd like to talk about is Masters runners. There were some achievements and records set in the Masters category in 2022. That's right. I just came across this yesterday when I was continuing to research a little bit. A man named Gary McKee from England is running a marathon every day for 365 days for a total of 9,563 miles. So he's doing a marathon streak for a year. The 53-year-old started the challenge on January 1st, 2022. Um, The article said he wakes up every day at 5 a.m. to run a marathon before going to work at a nuclear plant. He says that apart from five organized marathons, he follows the same route in the countryside and has seen the seasons changed. He's raised over 400,000 pounds for a cancer charity. All right. Greg Trapp, age 59 from Ohio, finished his 100th 100-mile race just before his 60th birthday. He is the 24th member of the 100 by 100 Club. Something that I just found out existed. 100 100 100-mile races. That's right. I have no desire to be in that club. (laughs) Neither do I. A retired teacher has set a new world record by running a marathon in minus 50 degrees Celsius at the South Pole with a time of 8 hours, 33 minutes. Christine Hobson, age 69, completed the Antarctic Ice Marathon, and she's the oldest woman to complete the event. 
Before the race, she said, I can't wait to prove what extraordinary things older women can do. 69 is the new 40. When she retired at age 60, she was left with a lot of free time on her hands that she wanted to do something with. And she got a place in the London Marathon and fell in love with running. And just to note that negative 50 Celsius is negative 58 Fahrenheit. Chris Hobson has run over 100 marathons, and she eventually set the goal to do a marathon on every continent. So checking off the Antarctic Ice Marathon was her final continent, um, and apparently this marathon was her 117th marathon. It was her goal to complete all of them between retiring at 60 and her 70th birthday, which happens in 2023. So she's accomplished all that in 10 years. Joe Schoenbrut is a 71-year-old from the UK who ran a marathon in 2.54.19 to become the fastest septuagenarian in history. He is known as the Gray Kenyan, and it was his 76th sub-three-hour marathon, which is super impressive. An Australian runner named David Carr set a men's 90-plus 1,500-meter world record, which is the metric mile, in 7 minutes 32 seconds, breaking the previous record by 5 seconds. 92-year-old Mathea Allen-Smith broke the world record for the oldest woman to finish a marathon at the 2022 Honolulu Marathon, and she was overjoyed at setting the world record. She said, I love being out here with this group of people. It's electric. She crossed the finish line in 11 hours, 19 minutes, and 49 seconds with a big smile on her face. I read that she started running back in 1977 on the advice of a doctor and hasn't looked back. Someone asked her what it takes for her to complete a marathon, and she replied, A marathon is a spiritual experience for me. I have to train my body for sure, but it's all about getting my mind to enjoy and soak up the experience while it's happening. Wow, 92 years old. That's, that's incredible. Speaking of over 90-year-olds, Betty Lindbergh from Atlanta, Georgia, broke the 95-age-plus 5K world record by over 30 minutes when she finished the Atlanta Peachtree 5K with a time of 55.48. She didn't start running until she was 63, and she used to run with the Atlantic Track Club. Well, how much competition is there? Well, a lot of people aren't alive at 97, so That's what I'm saying. you stay alive and be able to move forward. It's very impressive. <laughs> now we want to talk about notable news from the running world, um, celebrities who ran marathons, rule changes, basically stuff that we couldn't fit in any other category. <laughs> That's right. At the beginning of 2022, a 33-year-old aspiring Olympian from Denver set a Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend record by sweeping all four races in four consecutive days. Brittany Charbonneau completed the 26.2-mile marathon in two hours and 45 minutes, and she also won the 5K, 10K, and half marathon to complete the Dopey Challenge, which is a combined 48.6 miles. For each race, she dressed as a favorite Disney character. An interesting story is that of Ellis Cross, a local amateur runner who was not even part of the official elite field, beat out Mo Farah by four seconds to win the London Vitality 10K with a time of 28 minutes and 40 seconds. So he just shows up and just beats Mo Farah. Yeah, exactly. You never know just what kind of talent is just dormant in any place. We've been to a lot of marathons, and usually when you look at who the winners were, like some of the top finishers at least, it's local people. Mm -hmm. They're just really fast people all over. Exactly. Olympian Kara Goucher announced that she had been diagnosed with runner's dystonia, which is a neurological condition. Um, she'd been struggling with her health for at least a couple of years. This condition affects her balance and sensation in her lower limbs. So apparently she really can't run on roads. Um, she can run some on trails and treadmill, but she's been experimenting with different treatments. But what a huge change for her. This year, USA Track and Field announced that the qualifying standards for the 2024 U.S. Olympic trials in the marathon have been changed, and as many had anticipated, the bar has been raised. Um, for men that want to run in the 2024 trials, will need to either run a 103 half marathon or a 218 full. For women, the new standards are 112 for half and 237 compared with 113 and 245. So it's pretty dramatic on the women's side, the change. And it's kind of a response to the 2020 trials because there were 512 women qualifiers as opposed to 260 men. So they tightened up the standards quite a bit on the women's side, I guess, in a move to try to have less qualifiers. So Angie, all you got to do is run about 45 minutes faster and you can get there. Yeah, I expect it to happen next month. <laughs> <laughs> 
just go faster. <laughs> Our middle son, Gavin, who's 16, I was, you know, we we're talking about goals. And I said, oh, I'd love to run a sub three hour marathon someday. And he's like, what's your marathon PR? And I, when I said 319, he's like, all you got to do is take 20 minutes off. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then he said, if you never accomplish that, mom, I'll do it for you. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He'll, he'll just go run a sub three hour marathon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's at the age where like everything seems simple to do. Um, in a surprise move, the World Marathon majors recently announced that they would cut prize money by 69% effective immediately. This year, Elliot Kipchoge won the 2022 World Marathon majors, having won Tokyo and Berlin, and he would have taken home 250,000. Now it'll just be 50,000 instead. Athletes score points for their finishing place in each race. Um, the World Marathon majors said in their press release, quote, our move to equating the wheelchair racing division with the elite runner division is an important step for us as an organization. We want to champion all our elite athletes. And by providing more prize money to our wheelchair division, we hope we will encourage others into the sport. So I'm sure the elites who were hoping for a big payday are quite disappointed yeah, it's interesting to see how this affects things. And mm-hmm. maybe Kipchoge was just cleaning up on all the money. So they're like, oh, he's got enough money. Let's just uh, <laughs> cut back that portion. I saw a lot of comments like, why couldn't they just pay the wheelchair racing division $250,000 for first place? Why couldn't they up the money, you know, instead of like, you know, slashing the money for one to equalize for another? Maybe the funds are just not there. With a lot of these runners who were sponsored... Like Kipchoge is obviously sponsored by, you know, some big companies, Nike, for example. I wonder if that prize money is even an important factor for him on which race he chooses to do. Maybe, you know, the sponsorship money is like way better than the prize winnings at races anyway. Right. Historically, winnings at races have not been that great. You know, you couldn't just make a living by winning most races, probably. Um, I don't know. When we have him on the podcast... Fingers crossed. No, we'll ask <laughs> we can him. ask him. Yeah. How much money do you make? <laughs> I mean, that's a completely legit question, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll just ask him. So, how much is in your bank account? <laughs> <laughs> if we don't get hung up on immediately, I'd be surprised. <laughs> no. Many people knew that Ashton Kutcher, the actor, ran the New York City Marathon this year, but some of the backstory I was unfamiliar with. Apparently, three years ago, he was unable to walk. In 2019, he was diagnosed with vasculitis which is a condition that causes inflammation of the blood vessels and reduces blood flow. And this can result in organ and tissue damage. In his case, it was life-threatening. And so when he finished the New York City Marathon this fall in 354 with his charity Thorn, um, which protects children from child abuse, he said, quote, part of it is this mental thing I have around achieving a full comeback from waking up at the hospital. I was unable to walk and I was like, wait a second, if I can go from not being able to walk to running a marathon in a three year span, then I can let that be a part of the past and be like, I'm back. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And finally, the 126th Boston Marathon took place and celebrated 50 years of having an official women's field. Val Rogoshecki was one of the eight women who ran Boston in 1972, and she returned to compete again 50 years later. That's awesome. Well, in just a moment, we're going to cover a category that can just be described as weird. Or what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Before we do that, we'd like to thank our podcast sponsor, Ola Dance Wearable Stereo. If you have earbuds that go right in your ear, especially if you listen to something for more than like two hours a day, you can kind of get this ear fatigue. Angie, I know you listen to a lot of audiobooks, and that probably happens to you. I actually get like itching in my ear, which is really uncomfortable. <laughs> so one of the things I love about the Ola Dance is that they're very comfortable. They have an open ear design, so they never actually enter the ear, which is good to prevent against hearing loss. And it's perfect for if you like to listen to things for more than two hours a day. And even though they don't go into your ear, they have a secure fit, which I really like. And it's safer because you don't lose track of what's happening around you. You can still hear traffic, for example, if, unless you have it like cranked up to full volume, <laughs> which we don't recommend. Check them out at oladance.com, O-L-A-D-A-N-C-E, oladance.com forward slash MTA and use the code MTA20 to get 20% off. So first off in our weird news, an 18-year-old Florida teen is arrested after plotting to kill and keep the body of a man who regularly ran past his residence. This man looped a belt around the runner's neck and tried to strangle him, but fortunately the runner was able to fight back and able to restrain the attacker until police arrived. What is going on? 
just a good reminder to be aware of your surroundings. You want to make sure that you can hear your surroundings. Just coming off the Ola Dance ad reminded me of that. (laughs) Um, You never know who is out there. There's some weird and disturbed people in this world. Yeah, and it's a smart thing, especially if you're female, to vary your running route. Because unfortunately, this stuff happens to women a lot more than men. Yes, it does. Siberia held the coldest marathon on record with a low of negative 53 Celsius in January of 2022. The winner was Vasily Lukin, who finished in three hours and 22 minutes. There were a total of 65 runners. And the first place woman finished in 409. I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. But I'm just having to imagine, you know, running a marathon in that many warm clothes. Yeah. And still be able to finish in those times. That's really amazing. Yeah, because you don't want to sweat. Exactly. Because you can get chilled. But that would make for an awesome race recap, though, wouldn't it? It would. Wow. So, yeah, we should sign Angie up for that. <laughs> Canada's Dana Glowaka holds the female world record for holding the abdominal plank position for an astonishing four hours, 19 minutes, and 55 seconds. I know that has nothing to do with running, but anyone who's ever done plank position. Yeah. Just think of that next time you're doing one. Four hours, 19 minutes, and 55 seconds. Yeah, a minute never seemed so long as when I was trying to hold plank. (laughs) I can't imagine. You think your life is going too slowly, just throw in some planks. The Barkley Marathons ended with no finishers for the fifth year in a row. Only 15 people have finished the race in its 35-year history. Elite runner Felix Kurwa was sent the wrong way at the Stockholm Marathon, and despite running an extra kilometer, came back to win with a time of 2 hours, 11 minutes, and 7 seconds. And he was just one minute off the course record, which he probably would have gotten if they hadn't sent him the wrong way. I would not have wanted to be that volunteer who yeah. pointed him in the wrong direction. We've had ultra runner Dean Carnazis on the podcast several times. He was running the Headlands 150-mile endurance run in California, a race he's very familiar with, and he was attacked by a coyote. He said, quote, it knocked me over. I was running with poles, thankfully, and I whacked it and it ran away. Carnazza said he wasn't sure what he was going to do, but thought he better keep going so it didn't come back for him. And he later DNF'd the race. Um, and it sounded like he was, you know, pretty shook up by that experience. Here's a bizarre story reported by Canadian Running Magazine. Of course, it's well known that smoking cigarettes hinders running performance, but on November 6th, one runner at the Xingyang Marathon in China sort of proved differently. A runner who goes by the name Uncle Chen made headlines after running a marathon in three hours and 28 minutes while chain smoking a pack of cigarettes. (laughs) This was not the first time the 50-year-old runner from Guangzhou was photographed smoking during a marathon. Photos of Chen smoking during two other marathons also surfaced. In 2018, he clocked a 336 and ran 332 in 2019. One anecdotal report notes that Chen apparently only smokes when he runs. I feel bad for those people running around him. Oh, I know. Can you imagine just the air pollution that's ongoing the whole race? A Virginia man ran a half marathon in full football equipment. Rusty Burrell, 37, of Virginia, ran the entire half marathon dressed head to toe in the University of Richmond football equipment and even carried a football. Burrell rushed for a whopping 21.1 kilometers and immediately spiked the football when he crossed the finish line in 2 hours, 20 minutes, and 54 seconds. Ha. Tim, my brother-in-law, who went with me to the Richmond Half Marathon, actually saw him do that. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and our final story involves a PR in saving lives. That's how Runner's World described the story. Um, the biggest concern for Dr. Steve Lohm before starting the Monterey Bay Half Marathon in November was being able to keep up with his teenage kids beside him. But at mile three, everything changed. Quote, somebody right in front of me collapsed, Loam said. I saw him go down, and it was pretty clear to me it was not just somebody who tripped and fell or somebody who fainted. It was a very sudden collapse. The man on the ground was 67-year-old Gregory Gonzalez. Gonzalez said he felt fine even in the moments right before. Dr. Loam rushed over and started CPR with the help of a few passerbys. He estimated they were doing chest compressions for maybe six minutes when Gonzalez was defibrillated. Gonzalez said he woke up in the ambulance like nothing had happened except for soreness in his ribs. He was told it's from the prolonged CPR. I'm glad I have those chest fractures, said Gonzalez. I'll take anything because that saved me. So once the ambulance left, 
Steve Loam was a little rattled but decided to continue the race. He had lost about 15 minutes and thought he could make back some of it, even if his kids were farther ahead. He eventually made it past the finish line, threw his hands up in the air to celebrate the accomplishment, but his joy was short-lived. I heard somebody say, we need some help over here. Another person was down, had a head wound, and was completely unresponsive. No pulse, no breathing. Michael Heilman was the 56-year-old runner on the ground. He said he started to feel dizzy about 10 steps after the finish line. That's the last he remembers of the event. Once again, Dr. Lohm was doing CPR. He said during his 12-year career, he's seen hundreds of cardiac arrests, but they've always been in the hospital with medical staff around him. He's never had to use his CPR training outside his shift, let alone twice in one day. The second man he did CPR on lives in California, called it super crazy fortuitous that Loam happened to be right behind him when he hit the ground. He said he remembers seeing the ambulance that had carried the first man away near the beginning of the race, but later realized that because of Gonzalez's cardiac arrest, Loam was delayed along the course. Otherwise, Dr. Loam would have been way ahead of me. Um, both men had experienced blockages, which led to the cardiac arrest and got stents in their coronary arteries to improve blood flow. Loam says he hopes it encourages other people to pay closer attention to their own heart health and to learn CPR. Dr. Loam, Heilman, and Gonzalez are keeping in touch and plan to race together at the same half marathon next year. Gonzalez said, there's not a day that goes by that I don't have tears of joy, absolute joy. I'm here with a second chance at this life. That's incredible. Yeah, that is. I mean, I think it was highlighted in the story, but I was going to ask you, Angie, like, what are the takeaways from a story like that? It kind of makes it seem like it's a common occurrence that people collapse at marathons or half marathons. It's actually very rare. I mean, out of over 10 million runners in the United States over a 10-year period, there are only, I think, like 59 or 60 cardiac arrests during a race. So it's very rare, but the survival chance that that happens is not very great. Only actually 29% survive cardiac arrest like at a race. So having a cardiologist there, you know, who was very experienced and was able to start CPR right away, obviously made all the difference for these two men. Um, And I think, you know, like he points out, it's very important that we be careful and take care of our own heart health and, you know, also know CPR so that we can help those around us. We've had Dr. Tamana Singh, a cardiologist, on the podcast a couple of times, and she's given us some very excellent information about taking care of our heart health and not to take for granted that we're healthy just because we're runners. Yeah, you can find our episode from 2022 with Dr. Singh uh, there in your podcast feed if you haven't heard that episode yet. Now we want to talk about our year in review, what we did in 2022. It was a good year for us, so we want to just give you a quick roundup of what we did. Before we do that, thanks to our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Speaking of heart health, it is important to see what your numbers are, what your cholesterol is, and so forth. If it's been a while since you've had a blood test, they make it so easy. They'll send a tech to your house to draw your blood, or you go into a lab locally. They'll send your blood off to the Inside Tracker lab, and then it's analyzed. And Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and, you know, doing really well with your health and where you're not. It was created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. You can get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. You can go inside your portal and it just gives you really, really specific, actionable information like what foods you should be eating more of how to lower your stress, whatever area is highlighted. So it's very practical, um, things that you can implement right away. Yeah, and if you're interested, you can get 20% off with our link. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash MTA for 20% off insidetracker.com forward slash MTA. All right, year in review. Angie, what went down for you in 2022? Well, looking back, it was a fairly quiet year for my running. Not necessarily a bad thing, I guess. I did spend the early part of 2022 recovering from COVID. I kind of had some long COVID symptoms and was also working on continuing to strengthen my hamstring, uh, which had been bothering me the last year because I wanted to run Boston Marathon in April. So I was able to train strong for that race, have a great experience. I finished in 339, just under my needed qualifying time, although I did choose not to enter for the 2023 race. Would you have got in? I would have gotten in. Everyone got in who had a qualifying time this year. 
But I felt like because I had run the race the previous two years, I just didn't have the necessary level of energy and excitement about doing it. And I would rather that people who are super excited about getting in, you know, get into the race. So if you're going to be at the 2023 race, I'm sorry, I will not be there. But I know everyone will have an amazing experience because it is really special. And of course, Trevor, with our whole family, we traveled in 10 European countries during the summer and we're able to run and hike in some amazing places. I'll let you go into more of that. Um, in September, I traveled to Montana to run the Bozeman Half Marathon for the second year in a row. And this was part of my buildup for the Wineglass Marathon in October, which was my 70th marathon. So that was a fun milestone to reach. At the end of October, I had surgery and I've spent the rest of the year recovering and doing lots of walking and hiking. I love to hike even during the winter if the weather allows. And I look forward to building back to my normal running and strength training routine in 2023. All in all, I covered 1,700 miles this year, which was slightly up from last year. What about you, Trevor? As far as races, I ran the Buckridge Burn Trail Half Marathon in the mountains near where we live. Ran that with my friend Jonathan. And then I did the Marathon du Mont Blanc in Chamonix, France. I only did one marathon this year, but that was the one. It was a bucket list race for me. It's in the French Alps. It's just amazing, but it was brutal. It was the most difficult marathon I've done because of the elevation and the heat. But I finished before the cutoff and got my little medal. The medals that they give you in Europe, they're always like smaller than the ones (laughs) in the U.S. They're very diminutive. But I'm proud of that. And yeah, that was part of our big road trip in Europe. We were over there for 39 days. Like Angie mentioned, we went to 10 different countries, flew into Madrid, Spain, and, and we drove all the way to Hungary. There is a uh, academy member who invited me to be part of a relay team running around a lake in Hungary. So I ended up doing a half marathon there and meet some really cool people. You know, And then we drove all the way back to Spain. We went to a lot of amazing places on that road trip. And talked about it on the podcast, of course. I just love running marathons in the Alps. I'm going to try to run a marathon in every Alpine country. Uh, The only other race I did was the Richmond Half Marathon for the second year in a row. And really had a blast because I went down there with my brother-in-law, Tim. He ran his first ever race. He did the 8K. Uh, We had a live event with Kira D'Amato. And then I just got to meet a lot of listeners and hear their stories. And had a, a meetup at a pub after the marathon. So it was just a lot of fun. And I hope to be back and do it again. Quick review for MTA. We had some awesome guests on the podcast this year, and you can listen to all these episodes if you haven't heard them yet. This will be reverse chronological order. We had Christopher McDougall and Eric Orton, authors of the book Born to Run. We've been wanting to have McDougall on the show ever since we read Born to Run, the first book. Which is like a decade ago. (laughs) So it was nice to have him on to talk about Born to Run 2. Then we had Claire Bartholik, who's a fellow podcaster. Steve Magnus, author of the book Do Hard Things. We had Dr. Tamana Singh. Uh, We had Bill Drinkward, who is uh, also a client. We had Dave Proctor, fastest run across Canada. Tommy Runs, fellow podcaster. We also had Molly Huddle and Sarah Slattery, authors of the book How She Did It. Dr. Darren Clare, Aaron Azar. We had Jamie Tizard, who is a customer that we helped get into running. Then we had a live show with Meb, Emily Sisson, Emma Bates, and Tommy Runs there at the Boston Marathon that Angie helped to co-moderate with Carrie Tollefson. We also had Kira D'Amato on the podcast earlier in the year after she broke the American record. If you go back to early last year, we had DeLorean Ostrom, who is a client of ours who works with Coach Henry, and he ran 12 marathons in 2022, one every month to raise money for cancer research. And actually, he just finished his 12th yesterday, following him on Facebook. And he made it an ultra, didn't he? Yep, and he ran 33 miles. That's so awesome. Big congrats to DeLorean on doing 12 marathons in 2022. We also had Dr. Stacey Sims on the podcast. She's always a popular guest. We had Dipti Pandya, an Academy member and a client who ran the Disney Dopey Challenge as her first marathon. It was fun to talk to her and debrief her about that. And then we had, in 2022, Angelo Poli. He's an Italian composer and film critic. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) No, really, he's our nutrition coach. Something else big that happened for us is we reached episode 400 just one episode ago, in fact. That's right. And the podcast has been downloaded 12 million times, so about a million downloads per year, which we're really always just amazed by. And we also brought three new coaches on the team in 2022, Coach Cindy, Coach Chris, and Coach Carrie. And these are all 
highly accomplished ladies. And Coach Chris, I should mention, she went on a winning streak this year and won you know, several half marathons. She won the Revel Big Cottonwood and the Revel Rockies half and has had a phenomenal year. She's actually a 116 half marathoner and a 258 marathoner. That's right. And so that brings our total to 14 coaches on the MTA team. And then we also launched a new virtual challenge series called the Runner's High Challenge and also our original virtual distance challenge what we call the social distancing run that we launched during the pandemic when all the in-person races were canceled. Well, that thing has just grown and it went from 100 miles to three to five to seven to 1,000 to 1,500. And we released a 2,000 mile medal based on the famous art piece, The Great Wave of Kanagawa by the Japanese artist Hokusai. It is a beautiful medal. People always comment on how beautiful these medals are in person. We also added new training plans designed by Coach Angie um, to the academy for our members. And now we have plans in five-minute increments, a training plan targeting a specific finish time from a 1.15 half, for those of you that are really fast, all the way to a three-hour half. And we also have, for full marathon plans, a 2.55 marathon all the way up to a 6.45 full marathon. And everything in between in five-minute increments in both miles and metric. That's right. And finally, we just added a new strength training program for runners to the academy. We shot videos at a local gym to show how to do the moves with good form. And there's a beginner level. If you're not doing any kind of strength training, it'll get you built up to where you can start lifting heavy and then get into the advanced level because the advanced level introduces all the heavy weights, stuff that Angie loves to do. (laughs) That's right. So it's something that we wanted to put in there for a long time. I'm glad we finally got it in there. Yes, we're really excited about that. It turned out great. And so we're really thankful for our head coach, Nicole, for her assistance in spearheading that. Yeah, I think it's going to help a lot of runners. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for being a listener. And if we can support and help you in any way in your running journey in the coming year, please reach out. Let us know. we got 14 awesome coaches on the team, as well as many great resources in the academy. Like all of our back podcast episodes, I mentioned that we reached episode 400. You can go all the way back to episode one, like 12 years worth of content, and listen to any guests that we had on the show in previous years. You can learn more about it at marathontrainingacademy.com. We appreciate you for being a listener and subscriber to the podcast, and we're looking forward to another great year. Hope to see you out there at a race. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes to run a marathon and change your life. Right on my way, right on my-